Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia for this Friday, June 23rd in Hong Kong, Thursday, June 22nd in New York. And coming up today, Chair Jay Powell says the Fed may need to hike interest rates one or two more times this year. The Bank of England hikes rates more than expected and signals that persistent inflation will require even more action. President Biden and Indian Prime Minister Modi greenlight a series of deals on semiconductors. The Coast Guard says all five of that submersible near the Titanic wreckage are dead. President Biden says he'll meet with China's leader soon. And Meta blocks news on Facebook and Instagram in Canada. I'm Denise Pellegrini with Global News. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Doug Krisner. And I'm Brian Curtis. Here are the stories we're following today. President Biden and Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi debuted a series of semiconductor deals. They're designed to take advantage of Indian subsidies intended to bring advanced technology manufacturing to India. Micron Technology will invest more than $800 million toward a two and three quarter billion dollar semiconductor assembly and testing facility in India. Applied Materials will announce a new semiconductor center for commercialization and innovation. And chip manufacturer Lam Research is announcing a training program in India for up to 60,000 engineers. President Biden also says Indian companies will be investing in the United States. Indian firms are announcing more than $2 billion, more than $2 billion in new investments in manufacturing, solar in, in Colorado, steel in Ohio, and optic fiber in South Carolina, and much more. Further proof that America's manufacturing is back. The announcements mean that there will be closer cooperation on projects between the U.S. and India going forward. Bloomberg's Denise Pellegrini will have more on the series of defense and commercial deals that the countries are looking at that are designed to improve military and economic ties. So we go to the interest rate story next and Fed Chair Jay Powell, who said today the Fed may need to do maybe one, two more rate hikes this year to lower inflation. Here's Powell speaking before the Senate Banking Committee. It is working families who suffer most directly and quickly from high inflation, and it is for the benefit of those people and all other people that we need to restore 2% inflation in this country on a sustained basis. Now, on a different topic, the Fed chairman went on to say Wall Street's biggest banks will bear the brunt of moves by U.S. regulators to raise capital requirements for those banks. He said some of these lenders could face an increase of about 20% in what they have to set aside. These long-awaited changes are part of an international overhaul of capital rules. They began more than a decade ago, of course, in response to the global financial 
financial crisis. The issue, though, did become a little more stark and political this year with the collapse of several regional banks here in the U.S. Brian? Well, the Bank of England unexpectedly raised its benchmark interest rate by half a percentage point to 5%. It represents the highest level in 15 years and the biggest move since February. BOE Governor Andrew Bailey said that more tightening may be needed if inflation pressure persists. Well, I understand you know, the difficulty and the, you know, the pain it causes for, for many people. I do understand that. What I would say, though, is that if we don't get inflation back down to target, then it goes on for much longer and the pain goes on for longer and none of us want that. The market is now pricing in a 30 percent chance that the BOE's key rate will peak at six and a quarter percent by February. This would be the highest point in more than two decades. BOE officials are now drawing up new forecasts for growth and inflation in time for the next decision, and that is due on August 3rd. Well, Ford and its South Korean battery partner SK On have been awarded a conditional loan worth $9.2 billion from the U.S. Department of Energy. This is part of President Biden's plan to go all in on green technologies. That plan, by the way, is worth $400 billion. And with this, Biden is hoping to increase production of electric vehicles domestically. Here is Bloomberg's Keith Naughton. I think it speaks to the Biden administration's focus on really taking on China, which has this huge lead in EVs and batteries. 80% of the world's lithium-ion batteries come out of China. China controls the minerals, the processing, and they have the largest, by far, EV market in the world in China. That is Bloomberg's Keith Naughton. Now, this joint venture from Ford and SK On will be called Blue Oval SK. It will use the new funds to build three EV plants stateside. They're already under construction, by the way. Two are located in Kentucky, another in Tennessee. And Ford is now planning to make as many as two million EVs by 2026. The automaker only produced 132,000 last year. Brian? Dutch chipmaker ASML could face new export restrictions to China as soon as next week. Bloomberg's Bonnie Ao has the story from Hong Kong. Bloomberg reported earlier the controls will restrict three models of ASML's machines to China, and the Dutch government is now expected to publish the new restrictions as soon as June 30th. Sources say the rules will serve as a blueprint that can be used by other European Union members. The US has been pressing the Netherlands and other countries to stop China from further developing its own chip industry. What makes it difficult is that China is one of ASML's biggest customers, and ASML is the Netherlands' most valuable company. The new measures, while tough, still fall short of the steps taken by the Biden administration. In Hong Kong, I'm Bonnie L. Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. In the latest trading, ASML did move higher, up about nine-tenths of one percent in European trading. I'm Brian Curtis, along with Rashad Salamat and Doug Krisner. So, Doug, not to state the obvious here, but President Biden's comment that India shares the same democratic character of the United States uh, won't be lost on China. Mm. Uh, it's a kind of indirect warning. Uh, but as, as many have pointed out, it's not like under Modi's leadership that things have, have gotten better for civil liberties, 
press freedom and minority rights have actually gotten worse. However, even detractors would say that President Biden should lift up India to a certain degree as a means of countering China. Yeah, and the relationship with Russia is kind of curious, too. We know that India has been continuing to import a lot of Russian oil, even though there are those uh, U.S.-led sanctions in place. But I think based on what we just discussed a moment ago, Brian, the focus seems to be squarely on not just economic issues, but trying to diversify supply chains away from China. Yeah, it'd be really interesting uh, to, to be a fly on the wall with the discussions between President Biden and Narendra Modi, whether or not, because India hasn't condemned uh, Russia's invasion of, uh, of Ukraine. So that, that makes that that's a, a thorn for sure in the side in the relationship. Uh, so let's talk about the central banks. Pretty big move there by the Bank of England, uh, a little bit more than expected for sure. In terms of the U.S., when you see the S&P 500 gain like that, uh, I, I think that the way the market is kind of interpreting this, that if you look at, at what the Fed has done in increments of 25 basis points, it's, it's done 20 of them. So another one or two doesn't seem like it's enough to maybe upset the apple cart unless you're in that camp that thinks that it would be the straw or two that break the camel's back. Yeah, and I think in that camp squarely is Christina Hooper, the uh, chief global strategist over at Invesco. She was saying that today that if the Fed does two more rate hikes this year, that risks sending the economy into significant recession. And if you look at the economic news that we had today, unemployment benefits unchanged last week, though we remain at the highest level since October 21. Maybe the labor market is cooling here in the U.S. The government also reporting that sales of previously owned homes barely rose in May, so higher mortgage rates are having an impact. It's tough to make the call that we're headed for recession right now, but to Christina's point, if the Fed continues on its mission, that becomes an increasing risk. Yeah, absolutely. And yields moving up, uh, something we can talk about with Margie Patel coming up in a few moments, Senior Portfolio Manager at All Spring Global Investments. But now it's time for Global News. Sad news about the submersible carrying people to look at the Titanic wreckage. Uh, we'll get to that. The Coast Guard saying that the pilot and four passengers are likely dead. And for that and other global news, let's get to Denise Pellegrini in the Bloomberg Newsroom. Denise. Thank you, Brian. That submersible Titan, it has been found in fragments, Brian, so no chance of survival. Uh, they're calling the uh, wreckage consistent with a catastrophic implosion. The U.S. Coast Guard reports finding pieces of the tail cone, both ends of the pressure chamber on the ocean floor. They found this all about 1,600 feet from the Titanic. Rear Admiral John Mauger. The debris is consistent with the catastrophic loss of the pressure chamber. And Mulger also says it's likely that this implosion happened Sunday. That would be early in the trip before rescue crews converged on the scene. We've had sonar buoys in the water uh, nearly continuously and have not uh, detected any uh, catastrophic events uh, when those sonar buoys have been in the water. Right. So OceanGate Expeditions, meantime, that's the company running all this. They're saying that CEO Stockton Rush is among those lost, along with two members of a prominent Pakistani family, British adventurer Hamish Harding, and a Titanic expert. Investigation, as you can imagine, is in the early stages now. You know how earlier this week President Biden called China's president, a dictator. Well, now we had a change of tone today. Biden now says he expects to meet with Xi Jinping soon. Secretary Blinken had a great trip to China. I expect to be meeting with President Xi sometime in the future. 
the near term. In the near term, and Biden spoke after that meeting with India's president. We've been tracking closely for you here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. And as for those deals, Biden and Narendra Modi announced today they are designed to enhance military and economic ties between the U.S. and India. Here's Modi on that through a translator. We have transitioned today to a relationship involving transfer of technology, co-development, and co-production. Co-production like this, General Electric plans to jointly manufacture F-414 engines with state-owned Indian firm Hindustan Aeronautics. And Biden and Modi also announced new defense collaborations, including progress on MQ-9B Sea Guardian drones. Those are made by General Atomics. And also there's an agreement now to allow U.S. Navy ships to undertake major repairs at Indian shipyards. Remember, of course, as you were talking about earlier, India does have those close military ties to Russia because of its tension with China, right? So this is all being watched very closely by a lot of people right now. Meta blocking news on Facebook and Instagram in Canada. This is because of a new law there. This new Canadian legislation requires digital platforms to pay local publishers. And if you like to nap in the afternoon, now you have a good excuse because researchers say it can improve overall brain health by preventing the shrinkage of your brain tissue. People who take a nap for, say, an hour, when they're waking up from it, they actually feel more groggy because they got into a deeper stage of sleep. And that is clinical psychologist Shelby Harris. So the shorter naps actually tend to be better for many people. Yeah, she recommends 20 to 30 minutes, but guys, don't dip into it any more than that or it's counterproductive. Global News, 24 hours a day. And on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. In the newsroom, I'm Denise Pellegrini. This is Bloomberg. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So, there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis, along with Rashad Salamat here in Hong Kong. Our guest is Margie Patel, Senior Portfolio Manager at All Spring Global Investments. So, Margie, one of the things that you're a little bit concerned about is reduced liquidity going forward for a variety of reasons. Lay out how that advises you on adjusting your portfolio. Well, if the uh, the uh, Fed reduces liquidity, it uh, could put stress in the banking system. In March, we had failures of several um, smaller banks, and that really was going to cascade through the financial system until the Fed provided a lot more liquidity. So I think that uh, if they uh, if they tighten again to try to take away that liquidity, they were supposed to be on a quantitative tightening mode. 
um, if you recall, as, as an adjunct to raising interest rates over the last year. And yet, really, what they've done is actually um, expand liquidity year-to-date because of these, these other activities that they did. So uh, I think they'll once again try to reduce the amount of their balance sheet, restricting liquidity. And as I said, I think that would have repercussions most directly in the banking, the financial system. Margie, um yeah, I mean, I, I take your point, but I mean, we're seeing liquidity also being drained away. I mean, we've got a huge issuance of treasuries uh, under uh, being uh, undertaken, uh, 1.7 trillion or something like that is a figure I think you have. And then on the top of that, we've got M2 money supply growth negative for the last uh, couple of months. These things don't all go well. Well, that's true. Actually, M2 is shrinking, but if you look at a, a alternative measure, the old M3, where you added money market deposits and so forth, on that measure of liquidity, it actually is growing. But I, I think you're right about the uh, enormous flood of Treasury bills that we're going to get. And that says to me, one, we're likely to see short-term rates, the bill rate securities in under a year, remain abnormally high compared to what the history books would tell us, uh, regardless of the rest of the curve. And also that says that we might see Treasury yields trading at a closer relationship to investment grade and high yield bonds than you would expect, again, simply because supply demand, there's a flood of Treasury bills, you have to clear the market at a higher price higher interest rates, whereas on investment-grade corporates and high-yield bonds, you actually have uh, supply modestly shrinking, so you have more of a supply scarcity. So I would think yield spreads would actually narrow, and that's how the market's going to adjust for Treasury bill rates being higher than we would expect, simply because they have to bring trillions and trillions to the marketplace. Well, there are a lot of signs that the economy may weaken and may go into recession. Uh, the inversion of the yield curve is just one, but consumer behavior could be another. And, and that makes it kind of hard if you have bought a lot of these high-flying tech stocks, if, if you're thinking about diversifying into, say, cyclicals. Hard to really get your head around that if the economy is slowing. But what about, say... Uh, sort of rolling into uh, the S&P 500 number 10 to number 50 ranked market cap companies because the top seven or the top 10 have rallied so much that their uh, valuations are high. You have good balance sheets in there and can weather the storm. Is that something that attracts you? Uh, I haven't done that yet because I'm looking more at industry outlooks, and uh, frankly, I think the tech sector, which a lot of the very mega cap companies are in, is still going to outperform. I think mm-hmm. after we had all those companies report the first quarter numbers that were quite good and much better than feared, that really gave the go-ahead that you could still buy these names. And then you saw a flood of money come in and buy the, the FANG names, the top seven, the top ten, however you want to define them. And so they've continued on their, their ride. And if you think growth is likely to be rather modest over the next year, say maybe 1%, maybe 2%, maybe we have a recession, when you look at these names, yes, the prices are very high, but you could say, well, I think I have a short growth there. They will grow faster than the rest of the economy, so I'm still going to buy them, and that's what's happened. Uh, so mm-hmm. until you see a break in those one of those companies' outlooks, I think they probably are going to continue to outperform the market. Um, even though they're they're very high, they're actually not quite as high as they were during their peak in uh, 2021. But uh, it's no comfort to thinking we're, we're going to see a reversion and see more value price stocks rise up and those stocks decline. So I think they still have a little bit more to run until there's a fundamental change in their outlook. Mm-hmm. 
just want to get your views here, um, uh, Margie, on uh, what is going on in the corporate bond market in terms of high yield, at least. Now, if we take a look at a triple C rated paper, globally speaking, well, it is actually amongst the uh, best performing uh, assets out there at the moment. Can that be sustained and uh, why? Well, I think that really reflects um, more of a uh, of a risk tolerance. I think that as we got into the market and uh, people feel they know what the Fed is going to do, and we've seen the equity market take off, a lot of sentiment in the high-yield market is really looking at what the equity market is doing. So you had that whole bottom tier of the triple Cs actually be the best performer. But they still represent risk. They still are trading more than 1,000 basis points. Over the uh, over the equivalent maturity treasury, so I think that's just more of a short-term move. But actually, I think high-yield bonds will continue to be attractive because defaults in the latest month were only a little over three percent. So that's really quite good. So it says that you should be able to keep all that extra yield for most high-yield bonds. And, so, 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 uh, so I think it's attractive. I sometimes think of you as conservative, but you know, with your call there to stick with the mega caps, uh, I find that very interesting. Uh, do you not feel a need to rebalance as the values have gone up a lot? Uh, uh, do you do you try to rebalance portfolios, or you just ride it? Uh, no, I, we try to look at where the best relative value is. If it looks as if earnings are going to slow down or disappointing, uh, then we exit. But I think uh, you can just see the momentum in, in that those handfuls of st- stock is so strong. It's only going to take a real-world change to make people say, I'm going to take my money out of this, call them top right. ten names, give or take. I love and, it. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah. It's, it's frustrating, but that's what investing is. The swashbuckling Margie Patel. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good session. Margie Patel is Senior Portfolio Manager at All Spring Global Investments. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.